The Centers for Disease Control admits that they may have inflated the China virus numbers just a tidge. Um, I bet they're still way off. And Joe Biden declares a new world order. Let's talk about that, because I think that might be one of the reasons we're in the position we're in in this country right now. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, give knees a lot better. Going to the gym tonight, so I got to continue creating or sculpting this Adonis body that I've been trying to do. So that's awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, so let's get to the news. Let's get to the news. According to Reuters, quote, the U.S. US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention report 966,575 deaths from COVID-19 on Friday after it corrected the data earlier this week, which reduced the death tallies in all age groups, including children. Uh, the health agency in the statement to Reuters said it made adjustments to the COVID data tracker's mortality data on March 14th because its algorithm was accidentally counting deaths that were not COVID-related. The adjustment it resulted in the removal of 72,277 deaths previously reported across 26 states, including 416 pediatric deaths, the CDC said. The reduction cut the CDC's estimate of deaths in children by 24% to 1,341 as of March 18th. I can tell you what, that's going to get cut down further. The big question here has to be, does the CDC do absolutely anything right? 72,000 people were removed from the COVID deaths chart? That's... 8%, 9%. That's a lot. But I'll tell you what, this thing is going to go down further. They have been overcounting the COVID deaths since day one. Hospitals were given, and this is why, and it's the government's own fault. I'm not blaming the government for miscounting. I'm blaming the government's actions, which created inflated numbers. Now, mind you, they lowered it by 72,000 just because their algorithm made a mistake. They're going to have other mistakes they're going to find out in the coming years. One of those mistakes is going to be the hospitals overreported COVID deaths. I should call it China virus death because we're beginning to forget that this was actually made in China. And so let's be careful. I still don't know why no one's investigating. Well, I do know why, and that our next story will go into that a little bit. But the, the kicker is hospitals were given money for COVID patients and extra money for COVID deaths in their hospitals. The hospitals were over-reporting. Anybody who had COVID and died, they were reported as a COVID death. Now, it didn't matter. We're talking people who got into car accidents, home accidents, strokes, heart attacks, cancer, right? If they had COVID and they died from the heart attack, the cancer, the car accident, they were considered COVID deaths. And we still, the, the CDC admits this. Hospitals are admitting this. So there is no accurate count. I guarantee you, I will tell you one thing. 
This is going to go down further in the years to come. It's not going to come down further anytime soon because they need to figure this stuff out. But I'm saying, you know, we were over a million people dead. Now we're under a million. I will go this far. I, I think we're going to be around 300, 400,000 people, if that high, because of the money, the government encouraging the hospitals to hunt for COVID deaths. And by the way, uh, 24% of children were removed from that. And 1,341, do you know what they're still missing on this? Is comorbidities. They never talk about comorbidities. Now, first off, 1,341, all a tragedy. There's no question. All are at all 1,300 children who died of COVID is a tragedy. But they make, but children make up in the total deaths of 900,000 deaths, 1341, that makes up less than point, what is it, 001%? And by the way, there are 75 million children in the United States and 1341 died? By the way, of those 1341 children died, how many were obese? How many had high blood pressure? How many... Uh, I know we can't talk about obese anymore because that's fat shaming and we can't do this. I've been told that by Josie's kids. You're not allowed to talk about that. Why not? If they're dying because of it, shouldn't someone talk about it? How many of them had diabetes? How many of them had asthma? Which, by the way, all could be taken care of if you just exercise. Get some exercise. Don't sit in front of the video game all day. Don't sit in front of your, your phone all day. But we're not allowed to talk about that. I just think this is amazing. I don't think this is the first time we're here this story. It really makes me wonder, okay, the CDC, by the way, the CDC, the NIH, Anthony Fauci, that Rachel Walensky, they have been wrong about this from day one. Now they can't even give us numbers correctly? It makes you wonder. I mean, they were wrong about the vaccine. Now, just to make sure I don't get pulled off of YouTube, I I, I, do, I am double vaccinated, but I've also had the disease twice. I am absolutely 100% sure I had alpha when it first came to the United States. I was sick as a dog for a month. I also had, I, I definitely know I had Omicron. Now they, they can't, even, what's going to happen when the, the, the new variant the Omicron 1A comes to the United States. Are they going to shut everything down and say we need to trust Fauci and Walensky and the CDC and the NIH when they have been wrong about everything? Absolutely insane. But, but be, I mean, it's a good thing. People aren't dying of COVID. COVID is less deadly than we thought it was. So there's something. Well, here, this is the story, and, and here's the thing. I believe the government wanted this pandemic. They want this pandemic. They want this pandemic to continue. They don't want it to end. That's why you've got Tony Fauci on television again. I already told you, I already talked about that. I believe it was yet day before yesterday. I can't remember when I talked about this. But I believe they, they don't want this panic to go away. This this pandemic, excuse me, this pandemic is purely political and it's to make changes to society, to our culture, 
to our economy. It's doing this pandemic is doing something that climate change couldn't do for 60, 70 years. And that's change the world. And you know something? Our government officials, our elites, are not hiding this from us. They're saying it. Here's Joe Biden. He said this on Monday. And he says he basically let the cat out of the bag. And I mean, to be truthful, the cat's been out of the bag. There have been books written about this. There have been books written about the New World Order or what a lot of people are calling the Great Reset. Supporters are calling it the Great Reset. Um, the politicians don't actually bring this whole thing up. But they are talking about it. Here's Joe Biden on Monday talking about it. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the, uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's gonna be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. So anyway. Okay, so I'm gonna give Biden a bit of a, a very little bit of leeway here. He's talking about the world economy. He's talking about Russia attacking Ukraine. He's talking about the pandemic. I know he's talking about climate change. He's talking about the strength of China. I, I know he's talking about a new world order where China is the new superpower. Russia is, be is being burned into ashes right now. They're in actually big trouble. The United States has become weaker. Countries like India are beginning to become India, Pakistan. Uh, a, a lot of those countries are becoming more powerful. Technology is changing things. The Middle East has weakened and been fractured. I know he's talking about that as the new world order. The one thing I don't understand, and this is the question I want to ask, and this involves this concept of the Great Reset. By the way, Schwab, Charles Schwab, I, I think his name was Charles Schwab. I'd have to look it up. I'm actually reading a couple of books on this. He is a proponent of this thing called the Great Reset, the New World Order. He's a proponent of that. And he wrote a book about it. You can get it on Amazon. I When I get the names, I'll, I'll actually post them. I'll talk about it and I'll post it on my website. But the Great Reset is something that he wants to lead on. The question is, why isn't he? Why isn't he leading? Why isn't he leading? Why is it our gas prices are way high and we don't have any other energy solutions? Uh, workable energy solutions. Why is it our inflation is going high? Why do they continue to spend money? Why do they continue to, to raise taxes? Why do they continue to leave the border open? You're leading from behind, even with Russia. Why did we pull out of Afghanistan? 
why did we not help Ukraine before the, this war started? Why didn't we implement the sanctions on Russia before this war started? Because here's the deal. Crisis. Crisis after crisis after crisis gives the government reason to change. Now, this is a serious issue with globalists. And Joe Biden is a globalist. Barack Obama was a globalist. Understand something. I am not a globalist. I'm a nationalist. You got to be careful saying something like that because the first thing they do is call you white nationalists to make you evil. No, I'm a nationalist. Guess what? Xi Jinping of China, he's a nationalist. Not a white nationalist, not a Chinese nationalist. He's a nationalist too. China is a nationalist country. What that means, I don't give a rat's ass what's happening around the world unless it affects us. I think what's happening in Ukraine by the Russians is terrible. I really do. I think it's a terrible thing. I think Russia is getting what it deserves. I think we should put sanctions on Russia, and that's about it. Uh, we should help a little bit with Ukraine. But here's where my national, nationalism comes in. We, we're helping, we're giving billions of dollars to Ukraine so that Ukraine can protect their own borders. But we won't give a lousy four trillion dollars, the four billion dollars, excuse me, to a billion. I, I I hope I didn't say trillion. I meant two billion. We're, we can't give four billion dollars to build a wall on our border to protect our borders. I would say, you know what? Don't worry about Russia, Ukraine. Ukraine has done nothing for us. Russia's done nothing for Russia's done more for us than Ukraine. And this might have to be from another in another podcast. I say, we don't need to worry about Ukraine. Okay, yeah, send them some weapons, send them whatever, and they'll probably win. But let's worry about this country first. See, here's the thing. This all started with the Obama administration, where there have always been globalists. Woodrow Wilson was a globalist. I mean, not back in the 30s. He was a globalist. He was actually a communist but a racist. But he he did, but this really got kicking off with Barack Obama. Remember, he got elected. He beat whoever he beat. I can't remember who he beat, but he beat whoever he beat. And then he started going around the world and apologizing for everything with we did. I mean, my God, he was apologizing to countries we helped fight in World War II and apologized for it. I. I Going to France and apologizing to the United States. Going to Britain and apologizing to Britain. You know, we saved their asses in a couple of wars. I'm pretty sure we don't need to apologize to them. Obama didn't want to be president of the United States. He wanted to be president of Earth. He doesn't really care for the United States. Now, how can you tell? The difference between Obama and Biden, Obama's smart. Obama knew that he he was the head of the superpower of the world. Like when when he said when they he was asked by the European Union to use the euro in uh, foreign trade instead of the dollar, Obama told the European Union kick rocks. Why? Because the dollar is what made our country powerful. Joe Biden's an idiot. They're now looking at using the wand. Saudi Arabia is looking at using the wand 
for foreign trade, not the dollar. That weakens the United States. The new world order is something that a lot of wannabe tyrannical regimes are bringing up all in the name, well, it used to be climate change, but now it's because of the pandemic. It's been said by several countries. I mean, China, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, France, Great Britain, and the United States all talk about the new world order. And they're not shy about it. Well, there is a new, new world order. There is. And we aren't there yet, but we're getting prepped for it. And everything that's happening to the United States right now is happening. That new world order is called the Great Reset. Glenn Beck, Beck calls the Great Reset 21st century fascism. Now, one thing to remember with 21st century fascism is it is different than the fascism in Germany during World War II. It is different. It, it's not quite as restrictive. I actually thought the dictatorship in Italy was pretty much 21st century fascism. So I don't agree with Glenn Beck. And I kind of... Schwab's book, I kind of... And by the way, his book was more of a manifesto. Very short, very straight to the point. I think I like to refer to Schwab's book more than, than, than Beck's book. Because I think Schwab is saying, and he's a proponent of the Great Reset. And he called his book The Great Reset. This is not a secret. This is not a, a, a fairy tale story. It's out there. But what it's going to be is, it's going to be heavy regulations on all business, heavy regulations on all trade, heavy regulations on every individual and, and family out there. Now, I, I won't go in I won't go heavy into it this because the reality is I, I do need to to refer to this a little bit. And one of the things I do want to make very clear, this is a fascistic economic model. This is not a socialist economic model to the higher end. The problem is this model, according to what Schwab is saying, still will end up dictatorial and tyrannical. I, I, I don't see how we cannot look at all of the socialistic and the dictator, socialistic and fascistic countries that we've had in the past and think that this model is not going to go in the same direction. All industry and corporations. Now, what, what will this do? Okay, All industries and corporations will profit and benefit as long as they follow the party line, as long as they adhere to all of the regulations. Small business will not be able to compete with that, and small business will not survive. Energy will be forced into, all energy sources will be forced into renewable energy instead of density-rich fuels like fossil fuels, nuclear, or uh, natural gas. They'll be eliminated. Because we'll depend on energy like wind and solar, which are not energy-dense, and I believe I said they were 10%, uh, they were 10% reliable. They're about 40% reliable. So I was a little off on that. We can expect power, we can expect power blackouts 
We can expect power to go anywhere from two to five times what we're paying now. Because business will be curtailed, unemployment will rise. Individuals will require more dependence on the government, and the government will need to raise taxes on those that do have money, who do provide, so that they can pay out those people. That's income redistribution. Most employment opportunities will come through the government, through a guaranteed jobs program. There's thought that 40% will actually come from the government. 40% of jobs will come from the government, which is insane on a GDP basis. And by the way, that means the GDP goes down. Debt will just spiral out of control. You think it's bad that it's $30 trillion now? Imagine our debt at $100 trillion. Meat will be outlawed. Cars will become unaffordable. Plane flights will become unaffordable. Everything will be rented and leased since personal property will be discouraged if it's even able, if, if it's even allowed. Homeless, homelessness, drug, and crime will rise. Gun ownership will decline because of government regulation. They will close gun manufacturers. Gun manufacturers and gun shops will have to close because they can't, they can't compete. All the railways and all of the transportation things that AOC promised in her Green New Deal will be delayed. They'll never be implemented. And if they are, they'll be implemented incorrectly and inefficiently. Because the government sucks at everything. By the way, does this sound familiar? Well, yeah, it's that five-page Green New Deal that that uh, AOC provided us. And let's not forget, are we that far from the Green New Deal? The last I checked, we're spending $7 trillion a year. We've spent $6 trillion the year before in 2020. We spent $7 trillion in 2021. And now they want to spend, they're already talking about spending another six to seven trillion. We just passed a $1.5 trillion bill that really isn't going to do anything. But the Green New Deal is a conceptual thing, it's an idea. Does this, what they're talking about, sound familiar? It sure does to me. It's California. California which is being run into the ground. All of these policies they're talking about. You know, they talk about you getting an electric car. Well, here's the problem with you getting an electric car. California tells you you can't plug it in during certain times because if everyone plugged in their electric car, it would put too much of a strain on the power grid. California with the highest homeless problem. California with the highest taxes. I think outside of New York, and New York's no better. Here's the problem. The Biden administration loves the policies of California. He's very open about that. He wants to see a lot of California policies implemented in the United States. And he's implementing them right now. He's just kind of not bringing it up. Our southern border is wide open because Biden is a globalist and we are the whole world is one big happy family, except we're really not. Hey, China hates the United States. China is a nationalist country. Mexico is a nationalist country. One of the problems we have 
Mexicans sneak over the border, uh, or um, Guatemalans or El Salvadorians, do they try and integrate within the United States? No. They don't try at all. My fiance is rare. She integrated within the United States. Her family is rare. They integrated within the United States. Inflation is way up because of heavy regulations. Notice when this, and, and those heavy regulations are an excuse by the White House because of the pandemic. Oh, we got to set regulations. Yeah, well, you just closed all the uh, small businesses. You just shut them down. Why is it? A, but, but they didn't shut everyone down. Big corporations don't seem to have a problem. They don't seem to close. Why is it I can go to, why is it during the pandemic I could go to Costco, but I couldn't go to my family store, uh, family owned store down the street? Why is it I could get a cheeseburger from McDonald's driven there by Uber, but I couldn't walk and get a chicken sandwich from the Water Shack, which is a little rest, little privately owned restaurant down the street? Small businesses got shut down and all that money they were promised from the pandemic, they never got. And so they shut down. And then they, the government, another reason for inflation, they keep printing money and giving it to people. Everyone has money in the bank and doesn't want to work. Everyone is willing to work, is demanding higher wages, which again hurts small business. People got a taste for not working after this pandemic, and they like it. They're beginning to trust, they're beginning to depend on the government, and that's what the government wants. Our debt is $30 trillion. We spent $7 trillion in 2021. It is March. We've already spent $1.5 trillion. Oil and gas prices are way up because we won't convert our, because we are trying to not come up with our own oil, but to convert, to move to renewable energy, which I already said, very inefficient. Jen Psaki said that last week. The the secretary of the Department of Energy said that twice. She said it last week. We're bending the knee to China, Iran, and Russia because the Biden administration expects them to behave in the same way we behave. The cover, government is colluding with big tech and the mainstream media to control the flow of information. I mean, my God. The founding fathers must be turning in their graves. And by the way, our misery, that's something they want to happen. Because the reality is the rest of the country, the rest of the world is not as high on the hog as we are. And we need to be dropped down. We need to be put in our place so that us, we, so that we plebes are at the same level as the rest of the world, because the rest of the world is not going up. Here's the goal of the Great Reset, the, to harden the power and enrich the elites. The idea is to create a utopia, but it will be a utopia only for the elites, they will be the ones to reap the benefits. They will have, they have been trying to do this for decades in the guise of global warming, global cooling, excuse me. I mean global warming. I mean climate change. I mean the climate crisis. They, they've been doing this since the 50s. 
All of those little things, global cooling, global warming, climate change, climate crisis, they, they have changed the name because it doesn't cooperate with their little narrative. So if nature's not going to cooperate, we'll lie about nature. We'll just change the words. It's about the elites. And you would have never heard me say that until now. Need more proof? Here is, quote, conservative Republican, end quote, quote, Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about what we little people need to do. Listen. But I think people should know there is a virus here. It kills people. And the only way we prevent it is, is to get vaccinated, to wear masks, to do social distancing, washing your hands all the time, and not just to think about, well, my freedom is being kind of disturbed here. No, screw your freedom. Because with freedom comes obligations and, uh, and and responsibilities. We cannot just say, I have the right to do X, Y, and Z. When you affect other people, that is when it gets serious. It's like no different than a traffic light. We put a traffic light at the intersection so someone doesn't kill someone else by accident. So this is why we have a traffic light. You cannot say, no one is going to tell me that I'm going to stop here, that I have to stop at this traffic light here. I'm going to go right through it. Yeah, then you kill someone else, and then it is you doing. So this is the same thing with the virus. You cannot go and not put a mask on because when you breathe, you can infect someone else and you can infect someone that then gets sick and may die. So this is why I think... I cannot believe I actually voted for that guy for governor. I really can't. And by the way, this is the typical argument that the left uses when it comes to the pandemic. Um, here, here's the story. Holden Caulfield learned this in the book Catcher of the Rye. He's a character in the book Catcher of the Rye. You can't erase all the F-words in the world. He said that because he realized he couldn't protect his daughter, his sister, from all of the evils of the world. Well, guess what? Same thing here. And by the way, I think there's a difference between, I think his, his analogy is a stupid analogy. A virus is not a law. So it's a stupid analogy right off the bat. And I've heard that analogy used before. But here's the problem that, that Arnold, who's not even an American, he's he's naturalized, but he's Austrian. So let's let's call it what it is. The world of Hitler. Uh, by the way, the country, the birthplace of Hitler. So I shouldn't have even said that, but I did anyway, because his, his argument is so stupid. Okay. We have our freedoms are based not on co the collective. It's based on the individual. And he's right. We have obligations, right? And we have responsibilities. But those obligations and responsibilities are part of our freedom. Freedom uh, to determine our, uh, 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 how to meet our obligations. We have the freedom to determine to be responsible. And sometimes we make mistakes, sometimes we don't. It's not the government's right. And it literally, it says that in the Constitution, it's not the government's right to determine our responsibilities and obli obligations. As individuals, we need to worry about ourselves. We need to worry about our families and do the best things for them. Sometimes we'll make the right decision, sometimes we'll make the wrong decision. By the way, do you think the government has done such a good job in this pandemic to sit there and say we should just give up our freedoms and trust them completely? I mean, for a year, we've known the masks don't work, and they still make kids wear them. It's asinine. 
And finally, this is the definition of an elite. This is big talk coming from a guy who's worth $400 million, owns a couple of 25,000 square foot mansions, and is driving a $100,000 10-ton SUV. By the way, I brought that up because he's also a big climate change advocate and he drives a car that gets like six miles to the gallon. Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't have to worry about his family. He's going to travel. He doesn't have to worry about where his kids, what his kids are learning in school and if they have to wear masks. He's not going to have to worry about where he gets his next paycheck or how he's going to be able to see his family. He's already set. But he's going to tell us what we need to do. And we've heard this from other elites. Jen Psaki told us just last week that we are not going to dig for oil. We are going to transition to renewable energy. And it's going to be stressful to, to us plebs. So just, and she said this, just go have a glass of wine and go to your yoga class and relax. And by the way, I, I, I kind of made that up there. I, she said that, but I don't know if she said it about climate change. Pete Buttigieg is telling us we need to get electric cars. Joe Biden is telling us we need to get electric cars. Neither of them own an electric car. Joe Biden owns a gas-guzzling Corvette. Is he going to get an electric car? Is he going to stop driving his Corvette? Of course not. Jennifer Greenholm, Granholm, the energy secretary laughed at the question concerning the high gas prices. And this was just a pain that we were going to have to deal with. Actors, musicians, politicians, big tech oligarchs, Wall Street, corporate leaders are all part of the elite. We are just pawns. We're worker ants. That's all we are. We are there to serve them and take the brunt of the pain because you know they are not going to have any pain. And then some of us sit back and say, oh, well, they're tone deaf. Yet, no, they're not tone deaf. We're blind to what they're doing. Everything that's happening is exactly to plan. And telling us to get rid of your car and start taking the bus, that's part of the plan. And they're going to make it. Do you think the $6 gas that's in California, I don't know where you are, but the six that's going to go down? It hasn't. Supposedly, we're, we're importing oil from Russia. We are importing oil right now from Russia. Gas hasn't gone down. He's released some of the reserves, granted three days worth, but he did release some of the... Gas never went down. It's not going to go down. We need to start opening our eyes and start asking questions. Now, some people are. That's good. But speaking, if you need more evidence, here's a great article from Bloomberg. Uh, by, by the way, Bloomberg, owned by Michael Bloomberg, who is also a big proponent of the Great Reset, the New World Order. There's, a, there's an article in there, an opinion piece called The Inflation Stings. Uh, the title is Inflation Stings Most of most if you earn less than 300k here's how to deal and this is by uh, teresa gillarducci now that's a hell of a name this is just another example of just do it plebe 
attitude that these people have. Okay. And did you read, see that? Inflation stings most if you earn less than $300,000 a year. How many people actually earn $300,000 a year? 99,000, 99% of the people earn less than 300,000 a year. What a crazy title. And most people will say, well, you're being tone deaf. She's being tone deaf. She's not being tone deaf. She's saying, yeah, inflation's going to suck and you're going to have to deal with it. That's what she's telling you. Because we're going to change the world order. I sound like a conspiracy theorist. I swear to God, I'm not. I've got enough information on it. It's it's not a conspiracy. And because here's the problem. A lot of this stuff can be corrected. They're not correcting it. They're not correcting it. The problem is, this happens so fast, the Biden administration is now worried that everyone's going to get kicked out of office, which they will and they should. Okay, so here's what it starts. If your income is more than 289000 a year, the run-up in gas prices may be alarming, but it's unlikely to hammer your overall finances after all Americans at that level spend no more than 1% of their take-home pay on gas and oil, according to the Bureau's of labor statistics. Okay, 1% of $289,000? Well, yeah, I, I yeah, it's go, it's not going to be comfortable. It's going to piss me off, but the reality is I'm making $289,000 a year. I'm not going to die because I got to pay $6 at the, the tank. She continues, "For those earning much less, it's a different story." <laughs> you think? Those at the median with income of about $50,000 spend more than 3% of it on gas and motor oil. Low-income households making between 7000 and 19000 spend 9% of their income. The latest inflation numbers show gas prices jumped 6.6% just in February from the month earlier, even before President Joe Biden banned U.S. imports of Russian oil. Well, here's a newsflash. We're, we're importing Russian oil now. It's not going down. Okay, we got Russian oil. And but guess what? This is a problem for the Biden administration because people are asking, wait a minute, uh, Russia just paid all their bills because the United States bought Russian oil. What's going on? Well, guess what? It's probably Germany. And that's what I'm saying. Why do we care about Ukraine? The government doesn't. They're buying Russian oil. Now Russia is kind of getting out of their problem. Their dollar's gone. Their ruble has gone up. But notice she said she brought up the 300,000. Why did she do that? To make the, the everything misleading. All right? Oh, so if you're earning $300,000, it's not hurting you that bad. Yeah, no, but the median income is $50,000. You just said it. I, I, I won't read the entire article. I won't read the entire article. The first part of it involves statistics and stuff that shows that life sucks for the average person under inflation. The person that does make the median income of $50,000. Um, she did say something really bizarre in the article where the gas prices are considered, gas and oil prices are actually relatively low compared to historical standards. I don't know what she's talking about with that. Last I checked, I was alive when gas went from 90 cents to a dollar five. Um, and that did not hurt us as much as the gas prices do today. As a matter of fact, I was in, I was around in the 70s when we had to wait in line every other day to get gas because we had such an extreme gas shortage. And it still wasn't as expensive as it is today. As a matter of fact, I think that's when gas was the most expensive before now. 
So I don't know what she's she's talking about. But anyway, she does. I, I, I will go over some of the things she says that we could survive inflation. She said, you can know your budget and control your budget. I agree with this. I think we our education system is so bad, we actually don't teach this anymore. That you have a budget, this is what you can spend, this is what you can't spend. I get that. But the problem is controlling your budget. What does that mean, controlling your budget? If your everything has gone straight up, does that mean everything else outside people don't have any extra money that's that that is the whole problem the minimum wage the, the people are earning $15 an hour that's supposed to be a living wage though now they're talking $30 an hour that was supposed to be a living wage and guess what that's not taking anybody anywhere rents have gone up take the bus and sell your car you can get a great price for your car and we've got a fantastic uh transportation system public transportation system except we don't have a fantastic public transportation system and i need try taking the bus anywhere in los angeles it's impossible and by the way why should i take a bus how about you just lower gas prices so i can drive all in the name of climate change stop eating meat and by the way this has been something they've been talking about for the last two years three years Replace meat with beans and lentils. How about no? How about no? I don't want to replace meat with beans and lentils. Now, I will give something here. I have, through personal responsibility and obligations to my family, cut my meat down on my own, and I did that because of my health. But why don't you just give me some evidence that it, they keep saying it's so much better to go on a, a, a diet of vegetables and beans. Well, in the book that I'm reading called The Apocalypse Never by Michael uh, Schellenberger, he says that vegetables and beans actually are very low-dense energy, which means you have to eat a ton of vegetables to get the same thing that you would from a steak. That the proteins that you need, I think there's something like 16 amino acids of protein that your body needs in a steak or a piece of chicken or a piece of fish that you don't get from beans. You're actually missing proteins in, in a vegetable diet. That's why we're herbivores. Our bodies need those amino acids, those proteins. Beans and lentils do not replace that. And by the way, beans and lentils suck. I'd rather have a steak or a piece of chicken or a, a fish. Stay away from buying in bulk. In other words, don't go to Costco. Well, I well yeah, but I, I, I'm not 100% sure. And she did bring up some good points here. She said that a lot of time you go to Costco, it doesn't look like you're saving anything. It looks like you're saving something and you're really not. She is right, by the way. But in bulk... Buying in bulk is typically something you have to do when you're living in a family. We buy in bulk toilet paper, paper towels. We buy in bulk lots, uh, lots of food. We buy in bulk. And we do that because Josie has a kid, has three kids, and her, and me. When I come over, when I was, uh, when I was married, I had four kids and a wife. I mean, you buy in bulk because it's kind of necessary. Um, if you're, this is a great, uh, this is, uh, I, you know what? I'll hold this one to the last, um, cut down on travel, 
cut down on eating out. You know, all the things that made America, America. So don't travel. Forget your family. You don't need to see them. Don't eat at restaurants. That's for the elites. Let them eat the restaurants. But this is a great one. Um, if your pet is sick, don't take it to the doctor. Doctors are really expensive. And if you you take the pet to the doctor and needs a treatment, let's say for cancer, um, just let it die. It's not that get another one. Or don't get a pet at all. I mean, my lord. By the way, this this type of crap that she's talking about, they're already doing this in China, Russia, Cuba, and Venezuela. They're already North Korea, they're doing it there too. Well, heck, in Venezuela and North Korea, they're eating the dogs. They want the pet to get it fat and they need it. Here's the big question. And then I know I'm 15 minutes over, but do you think Arnold Schwarzenegger, Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, Jen Psaki, Jennifer Granholm, or even the writer of this article, Teresa Gilarducci, Gilarducci, are going to do any of this? No, they're the elites. We, little plebes, need to do this. And we know it's good for us because they're telling us it's good for us. So no, I think they won't. Arnold Schwarzenegger will continue driving his big SUV. Joe Biden will continue driving his Corvette because he'll be able to afford gas. So... Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Sorry it took me so long on this one, but I'm kind of passionate about this, especially since I'm reading a ton about it. I mean, we need to do a review of Apocalypse Never, which is a book from a guy who worked for Greenpeace or the Sierra Club or whatever, talking about the lies that are climate change or climate crisis or whatever they're calling it this week. It is a fantastic book. Uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I'll talk to you tomorrow because I've still got, I still didn't cover everything that I wanted to cover on Tuesday. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>